Beautiful. That's what comes to mind when we think about our human design and we're progressively exposed to the perfection of God's original design. Our lives begin to reflect that beauty. Your life is His design and His design is beautiful. Thank you for engaging with us as we are about to be further exposed to the beauty of His design as we look into the world to see Jesus. You know, in scripture, there are times when angels spoke. There are times when other people spoke. But there are also times when the Lord spoke. So when you see that, it's like the Lord has spoken. You can't dispute. You can't argue. Praise the Lord. Alright, let's read it again. One to go. And I will set up shepherds over them, which shall feed them. And they shall fear no more, nor be dismayed. Neither shall they be lacking, says the Lord. So, if accurate feeding, how, let me ask you a question. How many times do you feed in a week? <laughs> see, see, multiple times, right? You feed multiple times a week, right? How many times do you feed a day? Huh? I mean, for for those of us watching our height. We, we feed half a time in a day. But I think the normal time is that you feed three times daily. Well, what I'm trying to point out here is that you don't feed once and say I fed. So listen, if you constantly notice that there is fear in your life, and you notice that there is dismay in your life, and you notice that there is lack in your life consistently, you need to feed well. And you don't need to feed once. You need to feed consistently. There are many times that people say, well, I, I, I listen to the word on Sunday. That's enough. Then they come back next week. And then they say, Pastor, I listened to the word on Sunday last week. And that's all I've had. Well, I'm sorry. It will set shepherds over them, which will feed them. So you can, you see, when you take this word, you can go right to God and say, you know what? I have shepherds set over me. I'm feeding. So I shouldn't, alright, be fearful. Amen. And I shouldn't be dismayed. And I shouldn't be lacking. Praise the Lord. Precious spirit of living God, we thank you for your love. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your goodness. We enter into your word with joy and gladness. Our eyes are open to see Jesus. And we see him and we see ourselves in him, rooted and grounded. And for these and more, we give you thanks and praise. We know that we will never be the same again. Thank you, precious Father. Jesus, in your holy name, we pray. Amen. You may be seated. God bless you. Welcome to church. I want you to high-five someone and say, hey... So good to see you. So good. So good. Elbow, 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 maybe. <laughs> Some of you have already hide the five before. Yeah, but I saw that Marisa. I said, yeah, let me correct myself. It's elbow. Hallelujah. All right. So we are. Can't tell me what episode we are in now. Fifth, sixth. Somebody should help me. Seventh. How many weeks have we done? Monday, Wednesday, Monday, Wednesday, Sunday, Wednesday, Sunday, Wednesday. Sixth, 
This is the sixth. This is the seventh. This is the seventh episode of our I have a sixth or seventh, whatever. Um, I have a friend who series. And today, our episode title is The Executive Bathroom. All right, now I see the faces. P.O.J. <laughs> the Executive Bathroom. The Executive Bathroom. And this is the sixth, okay. And to be honest, I actually don't try to be cool with these names. They just come, you know. So... Um, it's just what it is. All right. So the executive bathroom. We are talking about conversations around power and accountability. All right. Write this down, please. No matter how deep we probe into the motives of God, we will never arrive at any layer which is not love. No matter how deep we probe into the motives of God, we are not going to arrive at any aspect of God's motive that is not driven by love. I want to say that again. No matter how deep we probe into the motives of God, we will never arrive at any layer that is not love. What is God's motive in, in putting things in place for us? The motives of God in all that He has done from creation to redemption to new creation, His motive has always been love. Glory to God. God's motive has always been what? Love. God is motivated by love in his conversations with us. Number two. There is no doubt. Alright. I have no doubt whatsoever that you are going to succeed. There is no doubt in my mind whatsoever. Alright. You are going to succeed... And there is no doubt about it. You are. No doubt about it. So the first thing I have said is that God's motives are powered by love. And the second thing I am saying to you is that there is no doubt whatsoever in my heart that you are going to succeed. And I want to back it up with scripture. Alright? I want to show you a couple of scriptures that actually backs up what I have said. God's plan, alright, for your life includes success. If you've been attending church for a while, you know that this is not strange. God's plan for your life includes greatness, includes success. Genesis 12 and verse 2. Let's look at that very quickly. The book of Genesis chapter number 12 and verse 2. You know, many times when people talk about new creation realities... Alright, they, they, they talk about new creation realities without, as if to leave out the person of God. So they just go to the, new, to the New Testament and then they just begin to bring out things from the New Testament. And that's beautiful. But you see, God has been consistent from Genesis. 
So, if there's something that God said that is a blessing in Genesis to someone, may not be to you, to someone, but it's a blessing. Huh? It tells you how God's mind works, number one. It tells you how God's mind works towards the creation, it, 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 the person or the people. Hallelujah. And if God says something to one, he, he can apply to another, alright, under the same circumstances. The difference is that when we come into Christ, these things that were um, maybes, alright, under the old covenant, they become certainties under the new. They used to be maybe per adventure, but under the, new, under the new covenant, they become assurances, they become certainties. God is more... Okay, I'm not going to say that. I was going to say something, but no, there's no need. And I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you, and I will make your name great, your name great, and you shall be a blessing. God is speaking to Abraham. You see, because sometimes, some religious people make you feel like you're being overly ambitious when you begin to talk about, you know what, I'm going to go to the nations of the earth. You know, I'm going to, I mean, uh, my presence, my influence, my, my reach, my intelligence is going to touch all the nations of the earth. Some people look at you and believe you say, this guy, you're too braggadocious. You know, what, what makes you think that? Why are you talking like that? You're so full of yourself. You're so full of arrogance. Well, let's start with the fact that God is speaking to Abraham and he says to him, I will make you a great nation. He, he didn't just say, I'm going to make you a nation. If he said, I'm going to make you a nation, that would have been good. But he now goes on to say, I'm going to make you a what? Great nation. Not only is, is that the blessing of God, he goes on to say, I'm going to make your name great. Hallelujah. I'm going to make your name, your name, I'm going to make your name great. Um, it, it presupposes then that God is really not scared about making you great. God is actually not bothered about making your name great. Do you understand? You know what, 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 what it means to have a great name? Is that you don't need to show up. The name speaks for you. So even the name itself is a door opener. I was listening to, to one of um, Pastor Deboe's sons. And he said to me, well, yeah, um, he, he was talking to, he was having an interview with Pastor Kingsley. And he was saying, well, actually, yeah, I have seen that name at Deboe open doors for me. So, I don't need to show up. My oh, is that, is that the Adeboe? Oh, yeah, come, come this way. <laughs> yes, I'll make your name great. So, you're, you're actually not the one that, that began to think about the concept of greatness. God is the one who began to think about greatness for you. And let me say this, let me dare even say that your mind cannot even fathom the degree of greatness that God is bringing into your life. Say Amen. Alright, that's scripture number one. Scripture number two, sec, let's look at Genesis 18 and verse 18. Genesis 18 and verse 18. Genesis 18 and verse 18. The book of Genesis, chapter number 18 and verse 18. It says, seeing that Abraham surely will become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. Do you know what that means? All the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. So, seeing that Abraham shall surely, I want you to say surely, please. I want you to say surely. So, that there is no doubt about it. Does this back up what I just said? 
that they, you will succeed. There's no doubt about it. If God says that to one, actually if God says that to Abraham, He says even more to you in Christ. Say Amen. So I'll make your name great. You will surely become a great nation. Let's look at 2 Samuel 7 and verse 9. Quickly. 2 Samuel 7 and verse 9. We're talking about the assurance all right, of greatness here. The assurance of greatness here. Alright, Second Samuel, okay. And it was, and I, and I was with thee, whithersoever thou wentest, and have cut off all thy enemies out of your sight, and have made you a great name. See that again. If you would give me in the HTSB, I don't want to see the wentest and thouest. And, okay, and I have been with you wherever you have gone, and I have destroyed all your enemies before you, and I will make a name for you like that of the greatest in the land. Well, this doesn't cover it. The first one does. I make your name great. I'll give you a great name. So, in, in, in God's plan and purposes, there is greatness. Can we say amen? Oh, I want you to say that with me. There is greatness in God's plan and in God's purposes for my life. Say it again. There is greatness. In God's plan and purposes for my life. Alright, so you are going to succeed. God assures that you are going to succeed. You are going to hit limelight. There's no doubt about it. You are going to become a great person. There is no doubt about it. You are going to become an influential person. There is no doubt about it. You may not be now, but you are going to become an influential person. I want to stress on this for a bit, because I'm going somewhere. You've got to believe that God's design for your life includes greatness. You've got to believe that all that God has for you includes greatness. See, greatness is not your thoughts, it's not your idea, it's not your concept. Greatness is God's destiny for your life. The Bible says in 1 John that whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. When we say overcomes the world, we, we talk about both tangibly and intangibly. Tangibly because you're everywhere. Intangibly your concepts, your ideas, your thoughts actually dominate the world. So God's plan includes dominance. Can we say amen? So there's no, there's no doubt about it that you're going to succeed. God has promised that I will make your name great. Alright? Now we cannot doubt God's motive. Alright? When he talks about making you great. God's motive for creation is greatness. God's motive for creation is greatness. And God's destiny for everything that is created is greatness. Now, how many of you can doubt God's love in his design for greatness? If God, if, as I'm telling you now, that God has made you to be great, or his design for your life includes greatness, or is greatness. How many of, God, how many of you are going to hear that and say, uh, God doesn't love me very much? Let me see your hands up. No. You won't sit down and say, God doesn't love me, yet he has designed that I would be great. 
So we, we can attest to the love of God in his design of greatness for the human soul. Now, write this down please if you're taking notes. God's provision in greatness is accountability. God's provision in greatness is accountability. Now, why do, we, why do we call this the executive bathroom? The reason why the title of my message is the executive bathroom is because greatness that God has promised you actually comes with distance. I'll give you an example of what I'm saying. When you truly begin to come into greatness and limelight, you really will not be able to live life like every other person. I'll explain what I'm saying. Most of the people that you can't see on the road just walking around, it's not because they just want to not be seen. Some of you actually think that, you know, why can't they just come out and shop just like everybody else? <laughs> you know, it's not because they don't want to be seen. It's not because there's a pride that, that has come. It's just the, the, the concept of the weight of greatness that God has placed on them. If somebody like Adeboye comes into this space, Papa Adeboye, if he comes into this space, there'll be, there, literally there's been stampedes in places that he's gone to. If certain figures show up in certain places, people will not be able to focus. There'll be traffic. There'll be all kinds of stuff. Sometimes, the mandate of greatness on a person's life requires that they live differently. So there's this, whenever there's greatness, usually there's always distance. You can't use the same, the same airport lounge that everybody uses. Not because you want to show off. I'll use Papa Adeboye as a major example. So the first time, now please, I want you to pay attention because, listen, let me tell you. This message is going to really bless you. I'm telling you. It's going to really, really bless you. So the first time that the Adeboye got a private jet, it was, you know, people were, be careful how you get on social media and start to type all kinds of things. People were saying all kinds of things and all of that. And it wasn't because this man just wants to be flamboyant or because this woman just wants to show off or something. It was simply because of the weight of the responsibility that he has. Come back and talk to me when you have to be on five continents in one day. Five continents. I was telling my people recently that Pastor Deboe pastors the globe. You have a church in Asia, and you have a church in Singapore, and you have a church in five or three different time zones. You would think like a global thinker. You know the reason why some of you are still typing with 15-hour data on Facebook? is because responsibility has not been placed on you. The moment there is responsibility that is placed on you, and that's the reason why we're not praying for private jets. You understand? We're not praying for that. That's a byword. Let me tell you, for example, a car, the reason why many people think of cars as though it is such a luxury is because they've been dehumanized. Do you understand? Having a, an automobile is a necessity. Oh, you don't get me. Do you understand? Like, I'm not, I'm not going to post my automobile on social media because I just got it to move around. Are you getting what I'm saying? So it's a necessity. Same with a private jet. The, the reason why you, your mind can fathom an automobile right now is because that is the scope of your, 
of the need around your, your time, your life, your intelligence, your everything. The scope is, and it's not a bad thing. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's not a bad thing. The scope right now is I have to go to the market, I have to buy things for soup, I have to go to the office, I have to do one or two things. And then you need mobility, right? I mean, you, it gets tiring, okay? Now you, you, you have to do all of these things, then you have to jump bus and bus and bus. Or you have to Uber and Uber and Uber and Uber. Just makes sense for you to have something to move around. Praise God. When your responsibility, please follow me because this is important. When your responsibility heightens, so does the need to move around. So on your level, you need a car. On his level, he needs a private jet. It's not boasting. Do you understand? It's just what it is. So greatness produces distance. Not because you want to be distant, but because the demand of greatness is not so if these men now have if these men now need to have people around them, they have to intentionally create that presence around them. So they have to go out of their way and go to meet people and say, you know what, let's let's hang out or let's do something. Hallelujah. Otherwise you can't just see them. Greatness would even distance you from things like common bathrooms. You can't, you can't use the same, not because you don't want to, but because of all the nuances that come with it. When some of these pastors go to other nations, it has become so, the demand on their life has become so, so heavy, they can't even check into normal hotels. So whoever is bringing them has to, has to arrange a private space where, where you, do you understand what I'm saying? Now, those of you who work in corporate organizations, you know what I'm talking about. That the CEO has a C-suit and he's, you know, alright? Do you understand what I'm saying? And there are things that are, that are, that are, that accompany, you know, that position. It won't be because you don't want to mingle with people. It will be because there's now a demand on you. Say amen. Listen, listen. How many of you think you can fathom? Okay, for example, you become the global face. Some of you don't even get it. That God is so interested in the gospel spreading, alright, that he doesn't have time to be um, explaining to people why he's making you great. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. Look, this gospel has to go all around the world, okay? And he doesn't have time. If somebody doesn't like the fact that you've been blessed the way you are, God doesn't have time to start petting them and say, sorry now. The gospel has to move. That's the reason why you're in the corporate space. That's the reason why you're a business person. That's the reason why you're a CEO. Can we say amen? amen? You'll get this in a moment. And you will be blessed. Hallelujah. So... Greatness produces distance naturally. So God's provision in greatness now becomes accountability. Naturally, I want to say this because I want it to sink. Naturally, you are going to be placed in positions where... Not everybody is going to be able to have access to you. Now, look at me, please. Let's not be hypocritical. Do you understand? Um, even, even the way you are right now, 
<laughs> Even the way you are right now. I mean, the greatness is not yet showing. It's, it's still inherent. It's not yet showing on the outside. But you know that right now, as you are, you cannot just give your time to everybody. You know that, right? True or false? Come on, at your level. You can't just give your time to everybody. Every Tom, Dick and Harry and Thomas and Bola. Everybody, oh yeah, here I am. Here I am. You can't give your time to everybody. <laughs> as you are. <laughs> right now. You can't say, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm available. Anytime. Anytime. Just walk into me. Anytime. We know that <laughs> you're, you're probably not going anywhere. If you actually have time for everybody and everything and every... We know that. <laughs> I'll come back and meet you in the next 10 years. You're still where you are. You at your level. There are certain things you just ignore. I learned something as a 15 or 16 year old boy from T.D. Jakes. He said, this is 15, 16... What? This is couple of years ago, many years ago. And he said something that was very striking. I felt it was very important. He said one of the reasons why I choose my relationships carefully is because I know that I am a scarce resource. And I know that there's, there's too little of me to go around. So you know what I do? I pour my investment into quality. I don't just, you understand, I'm not just, I mean, you, if, if, even that greatness that we're talking about, there, there has to be, not over-importance, because some people overdo it, but there has to be a sense of importance, you know, I'm, I'm going somewhere. For example, let me, let me tell you the overdue. For example, overdue is that you now begin to create importance for your father. Or create importance for, I mean, you're a medical doctor, your dad comes and he's sick, you say, join the queue. Are you right? No, you can't do that. Do you understand? There are certain people, for example, if I do business, for example, and somebody I respect calls me to do business for him, I'm digressing into something, but somebody calls me to do business for him, my first question will not be, how much are you going to pay me? It will be, let me value this relationship first. If it's somebody I respect, I'm not going to ask him for money. Say amen. amen. Anyway, that's by the way. So God's provision in greatness is accountability. You know, I've talked about the fact that, you know, when, when studying people's greatness begin, how many of you realize that the weight of greatness can cripple some people? Destroy them. So you are going to be great. No doubt about it. God's word gives you that provision. You're going to arrive. <laughs> You're going to hit the big break. You're going to have the limelight. There are many times, so you, you hear that somebody um, is, is, has a PJ, and then you're thinking, what, what does he need that for? There'll be, okay. How many of you know that when you go to the airport today, it's quicker to board your plane if you use the VIP lounge? True or false? Some of you know they give the VIP um, um, priority, right? It's also quicker if you're in the business class. I heard something that someone said, a couple of, I read a book, and I think I gave some people in my leadership that book, The Millionaire Mindset. It said that poor people spend time to save money. Rich people spend money to save time. So, a rich person's way of thinking is, you know what, if I can save more time, let me get a dry cleaner to do my clothes. Other than, hey, 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 
Saturday, wash, wash. Ah, you know, there are some, some people who actually pride themselves as washers. They say, ah, if you give me wash, I can wash the entire, <laughs> I can wash the entire, the entire street. Uh, why, did they, why did they create washing machines? Do you understand what I'm saying? It's invest money to save time. You see, because those guys realize it's not luxury. Those guys realize that why everybody's on the queue trying to get boarding pass. I'm already, I'm already concluding a, a very important conversation. I don't have that time for that madness in that place. Oh boy. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So if you look at them and say, ah, show off, show off. <laughs> you never arrive. It's not always, I know that there are certain people who do it for show off, but it's not always for show off. Sometimes it's actually because I need to save time. So that extra one, that extra $500, I will pay that so that I can have time for more important things in my life. Can we say amen? So God has promised you greatness. Some of you don't even know the scope of it. But now God's provision in greatness, because of the distance that greatness produces, God's provision in greatness is accountability. I hope I've been able to just communicate that greatness thing very well. However, it is when it comes to accountability that we begin to doubt God's motive. We don't doubt God's motive of love when we talk about His promise of greatness. But we begin to doubt God's motive when it comes to His demand of accountability. And I wish I could just go back to that first slide. That there is nothing that God creates or there is no motive that God has that is not driven by love. Say amen somebody. Oh, can we say amen, somebody? So when it comes to accountability, then we begin to doubt God's motive. Now the question is, why do you doubt God's love motive? It is because we derive pleasure in being hidden. How many of you remember the stealth mode? You know, we actually, the reason why we doubt God's motive, God's love motive for accountability is because we love to be hidden. You see this thing that happens on WhatsApp where people read messages and not respond. It is a human thing. You think that instead of showing, WhatsApp is only bringing it out. It's a human thing. The the stealth mode. Now they've given you the ability, See, see deception. They're giving you the ability to hide yourself and view status for morning till night. But nobody will know that you are viewing their status. You're hidden. So now, the problem is when you, your hiding or your desire for hiding has now gotten to the point where you are hiding even from accountability. You see, because God is going to make you great. But the thing that keeps you in greatness is accountability. So I have a friend who holds me accountable. I have a church who holds me accountable. I have a brother who holds me accountable. I have mentors who hold me accountable. Because you are going to be great. I don't know if you get it. I don't know if you get it. I don't know if you get it. See, some, of, some people, they are only, oh boy, I feel the glory of God right now. Some people, they are only idea of greatness is let me just buy that plane ticket 
and just travel to Dubai. Now guess what? You are going to get that plane ticket and you are going to travel to Dubai. You know why? Because even monkeys can travel to Dubai. Gorillas can travel to Dubai. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That, that you travel to Dubai is not a sign of success. It is that you don't lose yourself in Dubai. That's a sign of success. How many of you have, have ever um, experienced the power of nobody knowing you? You go to a city, nobody knows you. Wow! It's time. All the fantasies, pleasures, all the things that you've always wanted to try, but you couldn't do it because somebody was there. It's time now. Nobody is here. And then all of those things begin to show up. It is accountability that keeps your head on your shoulder when success comes. So, God is going to make you great. Somebody say, Amen. amen. Say, Hey, come, come on, church. God, God has made, in fact, when we're talking about God is going to make you great, that's actually old school. New school is in Christ. You're already great. You hear what I'm saying? Now, now that you are great, you know what? God is going to put you in positions where you would be accountable. So, why do we doubt that accountability is part of God's love? It's because we all derive pleasure in being hidden. Everybody derives pleasure in being hidden. Let me tell you about myself. Any of you who is close to me know that I don't like, I, you, ne, you almost never catch me eating in a public restaurant. Never. Uh, and you will never, my brother, catch me eating in a wedding. Never! <laughs> I realized that it was really bad when I did not eat anything in my two sisters' wedding, my three sisters' wedding. I didn't taste food. Anything you want to give me that you're not giving me in my room, don't give me. So if I come for your event, don't get angry. I probably, 90% of the time, I won't eat. Because I am that conscious about where I eat and all of that. So when, when I go into a, a restaurant and I want to eat, the first thing I'm looking for is, you know why? I hate people just bumping into me. I hate it. I realize that I just hate it. I want to be prepared before I meet anybody. I hate it when, boom, boom, uh, hey, hello, hello, how are you? No, no, no. No, no, no. I want to meet you on my own terms. So whenever you see me, anytime you see me at any, know that I have calculated, I, I know how I want, I want you to, I know how I want to come out. Now, that doesn't mean that I'm obsessed to the point where if you see me, I get angry. No. But I would rather that I meet you on my own terms. So you will not, I feel that eating is such an intimate thing that only very few people should know how I eat. <laughs> only very few people should know how I eat <laughs> only a few people should know, should know how my mouth moves when I'm eating that's my mind so already no matter how much resources I have right now I'm going to be going for places that are not seen or places that are not known okay let me, let me be normal please if any of you is like that. Just do like this. Small. Okay, thank God. Okay. So we're not, we're not alone. You don't like to eat in public places. Do you? 
Okay, okay, sure. So, now, already, there is a wiring. There is a wiring. Ah, uh, the rest of you, you really like, okay. <laughs> Some people, they don't mind. <laughs> Give me the Amala. <laughs> <laughs> they don't mind at all. <laughs> Just give me the, the, the power behind the drive of the hunger is stronger than the need to be hidden. Don't, don't hide me. <laughs> don't hide me. <laughs> Can we say amen? But if you, if you check some other areas of people's lives, you realize that people like to hide. People like to be hidden. They like not to be seen. They like to have read the, the, the message, but not respond. You know, did you read? Thank God for WhatsApp. So now WhatsApp, you can go and check how many people have actually read. <laughs> because people love to hide. Now hiding is not just, it didn't just begin with you. Now the problem is that now that you love to hide, now you are taking that love for hiding into your love for hiding from accountability. You see, here's God's provision. Greatness and then accountability. Because when a man gets great without any structure of accountability, he's actually going to self-destruct. And I'll show you some things. So we love to hide. Let's look at scripture. Genesis 3, 9 and 10. Starts with Adam himself. Genesis 3, 9 and 10. Is somebody being blessed by the conversation? Okay. Genesis 3, 9 and 10. So the Lord called out to the man and said to him, Where are you? Next verse. And he said, I heard you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked. So I hid. It's a human thing. Let me, I dare say that hiding is a concept of the fall. I dare say so. Because God then goes on to say, come boldly. Whatever the issue is, come. So you're not the first person to want to hide. It's a human thing. It's actually a concept of the fall. People want to dodge, 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 dodge. You want to, you want to hold them accountable. They become slippery. What you don't realize is, really, the person who is holding me accountable, or the person that I am submitting to for my own accountability, already has his, his accountability process going on. He doesn't need me to be successful. Okay, let me, let, me, let, me, let me say this. I don't need to have people who are accountable to me for me to be successful. If I have people I am accountable to. You didn't hear me. If I have people that I am accountable to, I don't need other people to be accountable to me for me to be successful. So it is a blessing to have somebody who doesn't need me to be successful to have my time enough to, to respond to me in, in that area of accountability. Are you being blessed? So it's a human thing. I dare say it's consistent with the four. Glory to God. Glory to God. We all enjoy it. Why 
Do we love to hide from loving accountability? I go on to say that it is inherent in the fall of Adam. What we hardly realize is that greatness naturally already creates distance and gaps. Said that before. When greatness begins, we begin to gain recognition, acceptance, and a following. We easily become mentors and guides to other people. But the big question now becomes, who is mentoring you? Who are you accountable to? So it's easy. The moment your greatness starts to show up, listen, the moment as a lady or as a guy you start to talk intelligently, people want to follow you. How many of you know? In your, in your clique, in your, your, amongst your friends, the moment you start to talk intelligently, once you, begin, <laughs> once you begin to make sense, and you actually begin to have a sense of direction as regards where you're going, somebody wants to follow you. Somebody wants to learn from you. Somebody wants to pay attention to you. Now the challenge is, how much accountability am I demonstrating? Who, is, who am I accountable to? Who am I accountable to? Please write this down. Accountability should never suggest weakness. Accountability should never suggest that you are weak. Being accountable does not suggest weakness. Let me say this. That accountability is the wisdom of God. So if you take me to Genesis 3 and verse 15, you now begin to see what scripture talks about. Genesis 3 and, I mean, Jeremiah 3, 15, sorry. Jeremiah 3 and verse 15, it sounds like Genesis, Jeremiah, Genesis. Jeremiah 3 and verse 15. It says, and I will give you pastors according to my heart, who will feed you with knowledge and understanding. Jeremiah 23 and verse 4. And I will set up shepherds over you, who will feed you. You see, they will feed you. Their job is to feed you. And you shall not fear anymore. Neither shall you be dismayed. Neither shall you be lacking. You will not be afraid. You will not be dismayed. You will not be lacking under accountability. So being accountable is not a sign of weakness. Oh boy. I want you to see, I want you to see that next slide. <laughs> <laughs> you submit yourself because you do not submit yourself because you are weak, but because you are actually strong and your strength needs to be guided. Submission is not a sign of weakness, it's a sign of strength that needs to be guided. Have you have you ever developed a, a vehicle? Hello? Everybody, have you ever developed a vehicle? You put the ability to accelerate. <laughs> Alright? No brakes. Nothing. Just acceleration. And then guess what? No steering. <laughs> no what? 
no steering. You see, you see, you know that that vehicle is great. How many of you know that that car is great? Yeah, but that car is not guided. The car will land into serious trouble. Rejoice. Now, you see, there is nothing that the grown-up, the adults, the person who just started teaching, the person who just started realizing that they are somebody, there is nothing they hate more than somebody asking them, where did you go? They hate it. They hate it more than anything else. Why didn't you show up? You hate them. Why didn't you come? Why didn't you come early? what's, What's going on? No, they, they hate it. No, how, how, how dare you ask me? How, how dare you? Just imagine Adam asking God, how dare you? How dare you ask me where I am? Now, guess what? Look at what accountability is. Oh, I love, I love what I'm about to say. I love it, I love it. You're making me happy. Look at what accountability is. I know you're weak. I know you failed. Yet, I'm still coming to you. Wow. I'm still asking about you. And I want you to just tell me, where are you? I know the mistakes you've made. I know that you make mistakes. I know your, your, your abilities. I know everything. But I'm still asking, where are you? Why do I call it loving accountability? It's called loving accountability because the one who knows you is still teaching for you. The one who knows you still loves you enough to say, where are you? Where are you? I'm looking for you where you normally are. Alright? But you're not there. You think God did not know that the guy had fallen? So it's, it's loving accountability because he's not there saying, hey, you see now, you have fallen. You have fallen. Even after he even said, if you eat of the tree of the garden, this and this is going to happen to you. He did, he, after he said all of that, he still came out to say, where are you? It's loving accountability. Look, oh boy, I wish this generation would understand that the eyes that is looking at you does not condemn you. Where are you? There's no judgment. Just, you know, I, I put on my status a, a couple of days ago that no condemnation does not mean no correction. It is actually because it is no condemnation that's the reason why there is loving correction. You know why? If I condemn something, I wish I, I had something to condemn. But if I condemn something, if I condemn something, it means that it is unusable anymore. So once you've condemned it, it means you can't use it anymore. The reason why you can be corrected is because you're not condemned. The reason why you can be instructed is because you're not condemned. When you become condemned, we say it's over. Nobody can use it. It's okay. Throw it away. So why do you still have instruction, correction, and all of that? It's because you are not condemned. Oh! <laughs> so, look at that. You are not submitting to accountability as a sign of weakness. It's a sign that you're strong. But your strength needs to be guided. Success is going to create distance. But you will have to now submit yourself to accountability. So in this February series, I have a friend who, I have a friend who can talk some common sense into my head. 
I have a pastor who can instruct me. I have a shepherd who can feed me. Listen, this is one message that I believe that everybody should start using now, today. As soon as you get out of church. Immediately. Why are you hiding? No, it's painful that you're hiding from somebody who doesn't condemn you. You're still hiding. Why are you hiding? Need to run, need to run. So let's make a case for the need to be accountable. Let's make a case for the need to be accountable. Let me show you scripture first before we make that case. Can I do that? Can I do that? Ephesians 4, 11 to 13. Ephesians 4, 11 to 13. Look at what it says. Ephesians 4, 11 to 13. How many of you get the concept of the executive bathroom today? How many of you get it? It is the distance that success creates. Even when you don't ask for it. Naturally, there's a distance. Even when you don't demand for it. You know, have you, how many of you have heard that saying, 20 friends can, cannot play together for 20 years. Somewhere along the line, distance will begin to happen. Do they, do they sit down and say, I'm going to distance myself from this person? Life just starts to happen. And then the next time you meet someone, he's already the CEO of something. And then you are still doing your own startup. No, no need to put your head down in the sand. 20 years has come and gone. So success is naturally going to create distance. Some of you are going to be in positions where you're going to be so busy. You think, you think you've been busy. You think you're busy now? What? You don't know. I, I don't think you know the weight of what God is putting on your life. You don't know. No, 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 no. I, I, I say you don't know. You don't know. You don't know. You don't know. I'm telling you, you don't know. If you knew, Kai, there's a way you will carry yourself. You don't know. You busy? Ah, you be busy. <laughs> I bet you, you be busy. Oh, I'm telling you. Even, I say you be busy. So this is the time to create the structures that helps greatness to last. You didn't hear me. This is the time that cre- to create structures that helps greatness to last. Otherwise, greatness won't last. And it won't be God's fault. You see, the same love, the same grace that produces greatness is the same grace that produces room for accountability. Are you, are you being blessed this morning? Hey church, are you being blessed this Sunday morning? Turn to your neighbor say, be accountable. Look at what scripture says. It says, and he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and some teachers. Next verse. For the perfecting of the saints. The word perfecting is equipping. Another word for equipping is furnishing. For the furnishing of the saints. For the work of the ministry. For the edifying of the body of Christ. Look at the progress. For the perfecting of the saints. For the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Let me explain that to you in clear terms. 
That the saints will be furnished to go and do the work of the ministry. And how many of you know that the work of the ministry does not stop at preaching in church? Oh, you didn't hear me. This is an aspect of the work of the ministry. But if you are a kingdom business person, you are in ministry. Okay. Oh, okay. I, you, okay, sorry. If you are a kingdom business person, you are in ministry. If you are a kingdom career, career person, you are in ministry. You know what ministry is? Ministry is that you go into any sector with the mind of Christ. Write it down. Write it down. I like it. <laughs> oh, I like it. Ministry is that you go into any sector with the mind of Christ. You're a business person, but with God's mind. You're a CEO, but with the mind of Christ. You go into any leadership engagement with the mind of Christ. You know, there are many people who go into those spaces with the mind of something else. But you go with the mind of Christ. You're in ministry. Now look at what it says. It says you'll be equipped by those offices, by those administrations that God has placed. So that you can do the work of the ministry. If you do the work of the ministry well, the body of Christ is going to be edified. Let me explain what I'm saying. How many of you know that... Oh boy. I, I, uh, you know, there was a time... Look at me, please. At, this, at the risk of sounding judgmental. At the risk. Because I'm not trying to be judgmental. But do you know that there were Christians... There was a time when I was maybe 15 or 16. I watched this star... Star um, Beer Concert on TV I think NTA It used to be called one name like that It used to happen on fr- Friday night eh? Star Quest Star Quest something And as, as a 15 year old boy I tell you the truth I lie not And this is not because I'm perfect or anything As a 15 year old boy I watched one of those episodes And I saw young people my age Getting drunk And getting wasted and doing all sorts of crazy stuff. And, I, and then the host people began to tell me, do you know that a Christian is on the board of this thing? There's a Christian on that board who is signing off for this kind of waste to be happening. I, I know everybody will be quiet, but don't worry. The idea is that if you are equipped well for ministry, you edify the body of Christ. So you go into that space and you glorify Jesus. And I'm not saying you should go in there and wear Maria Marcus kit. I'm not saying you should go in there and not wear makeup. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that you go in there with your executive self, with your nice makeup. But you say, I'm here to glorify Christ. I'm here to glorify Christ. Do you know what I'm saying? I'm not saying, you, I'm not, I'm not saying that you should, you should, you know. Oh boy, there are many digressions. But holiness is not that you do not wear makeup. You hear? You know, people have taken it to the extreme of holiness being that you didn't brush. When you're fasting, please brush. Are you here? Brush. Okay, take a shower. God, I'm sure, I'm sure God hears you better like that. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure. I'm sure. If you have a perfume, wait, 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 wait. 
You won't take anything from you. Wait. Then go into your room. Father, in the name of Jesus. And if you need to put juice on the table, you put juice in the name of Jesus. I thank you. Now, of course, there, there will be times when there will be seriousness of a matter that would not allow you to do that. But I'm saying that if you do that, you're not wrong. Don't be too extreme. So, the, 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 person in, the person is equipped to do ministry for the edifying of the body of Christ. You know what that means? Modupe can be so equipped to do ministry. I'm, I'm running out of time. You can be so equipped to do ministry, alright, that when the body of Christ needs to move something for the cause of the gospel, your signature is on it. You know what happens in today's generation? The believer is in a position. Pastor is calling the believer because they want something done. The believer will not take pastor's call. You don't understand why you got there. It's like God, it's like Mordecai saying to, to Esther, you were put in this position for such a time as this. So you, you thought that you got there because God just wanted to elevate you. No, it was for such a time as this. That the cause of the gospel will move. You know why? Because if you don't do it, the next person who comes in there, who believes a particular cause, is, can somebody get me tissue? Who believes in a particular cause, alright, is going to move what they believe. Say amen, somebody. Alright, so let's make a case for, for accountability. Number one, you're going to live in stages of life where you would be exposed to your human tendencies. You would have more money. You would have more time. You would have more freedom. And even more power. Thank you. Thank you. You have more money. You have more time. You have more freedom. And you would have even more power. And at that time... You're going to be exposed to your natural human tendencies. These tendencies would be curbed under accountability. More money. More money. You know, sometimes they say, ah, he got money and, and he changed. No, he didn't change. The money he got produced or revealed all his natural tendencies. He didn't change. He was that person. The only thing is that money amplified it. Money is an amplifier. Money doesn't have sense. You know that money is not intelligent. It just amplifies the, the tendencies of the owner. <laughs> so if the owner is, you know, you know, let me tell you. If the owner is insultive, unruly, ill-mannered, now that you have money, Jesus Christ, they will hear. What? You talk to me like that. Do you feed me? Do you clothe me? Do you know who I Is money. You, you have more time. More time. More time. You know that it's, you know, some of you are going to, no. All of you in the name of Jesus are going to arrive at a time in your life where you would have 
you make more money with less time. That is, that is, you don't need to give 24 hours to make money, right? You arrive there. You will get there. You will get to a point where money is now making money for you. You understand? So now at this time, what will you do with your time? Mm. You see, now we don't know what you will do with your time because you're busy. You have to keep a job. But there will come a time when you don't need to keep a job to have money. There will come that time now. So what will you do with your time at that point? You will use your time to build the things that accountability has put inside you. Visions and dreams. Some of you think that the essence of showing up in life, I just want to have car and just eat food and sleep for as long as I want to sleep and sleep again. Do, do you understand that God actually is not mindless like you think? He actually has a plan for everything. So whilst right now you're engaged in that 9 to 5 and you don't have time for anything else. But I tell you the truth in the name of Jesus. That there come a day when you would not need to go to that 9 to 5 to have money. At that time, you will need to be pursuing things that are purposeful. It is only your accountability that will build that. Accountability to the word, accountability to prayer, accountability to your pastors. Let me tell you, there are visions that God, I, I decree and declare in the name of Jesus. That there are visions that God will put in your heart. Alright, there are dreams and visions that God will put in your heart. You may not be able to pursue them down right now. You may not be able to pursue them right now. But the Bible says, write the vision for there is an appointed time. There will come a time when you will be able to go with those things that God has told you. You hear what I'm saying? There will be a time when you'll be able to run with them. That's the, that's the essence of accountability. So that somebody is holding me accountability, accountable. Somebody is holding me accountable to prayer. Because prayer is necessary for vision. It is not everything that God tells you now that you're going to do now. But I bet you there will come a day when you are 45. And those things will come up. Whilst your mates are dealing with midlife crisis, you're running with a vision. I hope I didn't beat you too much. Whilst your mates are dealing with midlife crisis and they don't know what to do with their lives, you are running with a vision that you got when you were 16. Do you understand what I'm saying? That's why we pray. That's why we pray. It's not everything that you're going to do now. But someday your mates will be, will, will be struggling with midlife crisis. Your mates will be thinking of what to do to engage them, themselves. I don't have anything against playing golf. But whilst your mates are spending four hours because they have nothing to do. Now they need money. They have nothing else to do. They're spending four hours on the golf course hitting one stupid ball. You, there's purpose to your life. You play golf. Oh, this is probably one of the best messages I've preached. You play golf, but listen, you're going to do purpose. There's going to be something in your heart that God is causing you to pursue. In the name of Jesus. You run with that vision. You will pursue that vision. You will overcome with that vision. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That's why we pray. That's why we fast. That's why we, we enjoy fellowship with the Lord. It's because there's life that God has purposed for us. And I pray for you in the name of Jesus. That your eyes are open. Your ears are open. Your heart is able to understand. In the name of Jesus. And you will not be self-destruct in this season. You have more money. 
You have more time. You have more freedom. You even have more power. But you'll be accountable. Say Amen. You know the reason why many people cannot submit themselves to accountability? is because they actually don't know the weight of greatness on their lives. They don't know. Do you, do you, do you know how many people are this? Do you know how many people are attached to you? Do you know how many people who will never come into fulfillment in their lives if you don't find your purpose? You don't know! That's the reason why you're messing around. It's the grace of God, I'm telling you. I'm a beast this morning. It's the grace of God that has brought you into a place of, of, of greatness. So, you're going to have more freedom. This is why your mind needs to be trained to submit to transformation. Because of the seasons you have not yet lived. I'm closing in a few moments. There are many people who can say, I know what I'll do if I was the one in that shoes. No, you don't. No, you don't. <laughs> I know what I'll do if I was the one who had that kind of money. No, you do not. Don't gawk yourself. You don't. I know what I'll do if I was that. No, you don't. Here's how we arrive. By being accountable. Say amen. Do I, do I still have your ears for five more minutes? Five more minutes. Okay, thank you. Number two, the reason for accountability. Write this down. The complexities... Of living in our world today. The fact that choices have to be made. Makes it inevitable. For guide to be sought. There is already a problem. If you think. That God's mind. Is so backward that he did not factor in every complexity that you would face in the world today. There's already a problem if you think like that. You already have a problem if you think that God's mind is so backward that he did not factor in every complexity that you're going to face in today's world. So what I'm saying to you is that God's mind is not backward. He factored in every complexity you're going to face in today's world. And he made room for accountability. He factored in homosexualism. He factored in transgender. Do you know that there are like five or six different gender um, um, whatever today? Do you know? It's a confused world that we're living in. There is, there is man, there is woman. There's LGBTQ. The Q is that he's queer. Then there's transgender. Then there are people with three genders in one. <laughs> you know, it's a crazy world. Do you know God made, listen, God made provision for when your central bank will say they don't accept cryptocurrency. Made provision for that. 
no, you're not hearing me. I'm telling you, he made provision for that. You know what? You're not going to succeed based on the, the CBN's policy according to his riches and glory. His riches and glory. If you really think that your success is tied to CBN, <laughs> you need to sleep and wake up again. It's according to his riches and glory. Can we say amen? Can we say amen? amen. So God's mind factored in every complexity you're going to ever face in your life. That's why it's okay to submit to him to be guided. The more advancement and modernization in the world, the more the need for a guide. How many of you know we have a guide in the Holy Ghost? Lift up your hands if you know that the Holy Spirit is your guide. How many of you know that the Holy Spirit has placed over you pastors and teachers that will lead you and guide you? Mentors, good people. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Submit to them. Number three, and I'm done. Number three, why do we need God? To avoid wasting of human energies. How many of you ever did a course in secondary school only to realize before you entered university that you were not cut out for it? Hands up. You entered into science class, but you realized that science was not your thing. Did you have guardian and counseling in your school? See? Did you? You see? Hey, you see? Two out of two. No, no guide. Simple. It's just very simple. Two out of two. No guide. How many people, you know, who did not make that mistake simply because it wasn't because they were smarter? It wasn't because they were more intelligent? It wasn't because they were more exposed? It was simply because they had a guide. And I speak over your mind. Rise to your feet, I'm done. Rise to your feet, I'm done. Kali parakatele mehashta pore deketea. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Rapetele mehashta parada. Sile tatea se pratiga. I want you to pray in the Holy Ghost. Now listen to me. Look at me, please, before we pray. I have a friend who helps me with being accountable. I have a pastor who helps me with being accountable. I have leadership who helps me with being accountable. You know, the part of the message that I did not talk about is for you to be accountable effectively, and this is just by the way, you can, you can write it down, you can store it in your head and bring it up next time, whatever. But for you to be accountable effectively, you have to have goals. Faith goals. Career goals. Leadership goals. So, for example, I want to grow in the things of God in 2021. Listen, I didn't say, hey, hey, look at me. I didn't say you should have resolutions. I didn't say you should have near resolution. Don't have any resolution. Just have goals. And then just have somebody that, can, that you can submit those goals to. You know, I, I want to grow in my knowledge of Jesus. Okay, how do we go about it? I told you that, that this month, I'm working with someone to achieve her health goal. I hear what I'm saying? And every day, we spend time in the Word, and I show her what God's Word says, and she takes communion, and I'm, 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 I'm assisting her. It's like a support system to help her achieve her health goal. 
Because God wants you to be healthy. I told you also two weeks ago also. And God wants you to be healthy. He wants you to be healthy. I said, He wants you to be healthy. So, what if you have somebody who's helping you spend more time in prayer? I didn't ask you to beat yourself. I didn't ask you to beat yourself. I said, just be accountable. You know why? God is not even beating you. He's asking you to be accountable. So today, look, this is from my heart to yours. This is from my soul to yours. Don't ever get married without accountability. Ladies, there has to be somebody that the guy can, can hear. Should I speak in Yoruba? Eh? Tiko ba bot here. You understand? Oh my God, tell me. Are you getting what I'm saying? You hear somebody else's. If, 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 if your wife has gotten to the point where she cannot listen to you again, you know what you do? You just say, um, okay. um, or whoever she respects or adores, say, please, it's time for you to talk to her. Go on, more. You hear what I'm saying? This is how God has designed to help us lift up your hands and say father thank you because you love me enough thank you for engaging with us in this episode we trust that your life has been beautified if you'd like to share what jesus is doing in your life through this ministry please write to us at hello at blueprintstories.org you can visit our website at www.blueprintstories.org you can also follow us on Facebook at The Blueprints Church and on Instagram at The Blueprints Church. Cheers.